T-Center Studio. Ben, man, good morning on this beautiful Monday, October the 11th day in East Tennessee, man. Good morning to you, my friend. Uh-oh, what we got going on here, Ben? What you got going on, man? Oh, good morning, Swain. Texas A&Ben got- is what I will be going by today. <laughs> I am in such a great mood. The Vols win. Deontay Wilder loses, gets knocked the blank out. Auburn loses. Alabama loses. Oh, the Steelers won. Oh, I am in a in a great mood. Tennessee's going to wreck the lane train this weekend. Oh, Texas A&B is doing good today, my friend. I like it, man. I like it. I'm glad you're in a good mood, man. I'm glad. I'm the glad Bears won. Did. Yeah, the, Bear, the Bears did won. I didn't think they would beat the Raiders, but they but they won. Um, I mean, the last two games, I didn't think they were going to win, but they but they did that. So, man, it's a it's a great morning, man. It's a great morning coming off a big orange win, uh, and Tennessee certainly didn't didn't leave any doubt, <laughs> any doubt at all, my friend. Uh, another twenty eight point first quarter uh, for for Tennessee. Wow, wow, an emotional day celebrating Al Wilson um, and his Hall of Fame induction. It was cool to see all the the players, former players, guys that he played with, um, everyone to be there to celebrate Al Wilson. Uh, it was great to have him on the Big Orange Countdown, uh, their pregame uh, vol network. So I encourage you to go to utsports.com and go check out that interview uh, with myself, John Wilkerson, uh, Brent Hubbs, and Will Overstreet. That was that was phenomenal. That gave me chills in front of a Big Orange crowd there. At Gate 21, it was it was phenomenal. Just a great great weekend, man. The the dark mode jerseys debuted. Tennessee got a big orange win. Al Wilson recognized. It was it was great, man. It was a great weekend, Ben. It was it, it was an awesome weekend. Al Wilson, uh, the, the the second part of the headline, I guess Tennessee winning is is one A and. Al Wilson is 1B. Really cool to see Tennessee honor Al Wilson. I, I thought they did so perfectly. I, I thought the fans cheered him on absolutely in, in a great way. And uh, how fitting that on a day that Al Wilson is honored, number 27 scores a touchdown. I, I thought that was really cool. Laneith Whitehead punching in his first career touchdown in Tennessee's last touchdown of the game the the pride of the Southland band what an awesome halftime performance with a couple of Al Wilson salutes the the number 27 jersey spelling out his name spelling out HOF for the Hall of Fame just a really cool day honoring Al Wilson and and seeing him down on the field and interacting with his teammates as he was being honored and and even before the the halftime show and afterwards and and hearing his his speech in the locker room to the guys was was really cool I I loved Josh Heupel pointing out that Leonard Little was spending time with the defensive lineman in in the locker room after the game as as well so so just a a really awesome day the uniforms were awesome looked great and uh thing things went well for Tennessee the second half well it was was kind of whatever (laughs) since he stubbed stubbed its toe and I hate that that was the second half in which Tennessee did that because that was kind of your lasting thought or lasting impression of that football game. But I think the story is 
and should be that first half. And it was complete domination in that first half by Tennessee. At Tennessee, and this is something that we talked about preseason, the beginning of the season, you know, this coaching staff is dealing with the lack of depth, dealing with 71 scholarships, dealing with injuries. They won't make excuses. They won't mention it a bunch. But that's the reality of the situation. And so when you're up 28 nothing and you're up 38 to, to 7 uh, at halftime, yes, you, you don't want to get guys hurt when the game is out of reach that much. And I know the third quarter was not the same as the first quarter, but that's sometimes what happens in the game of football. Uh, there's ebbs and flows. And understand that what this coach staff is doing right now with this football team is, is remar- actually remarkable, to be honest. I mean, it's just remarkable. Uh, I did not expect well, the type of production we would see from defense. I did not expect uh, the amount of points that we put up. I know Josh Heupel it did this at previous stops, but to take the personnel grouping and – most of it's from last year, and then take some transfers and then just mix them all together in this first year and then be where they are offensively, it's remarkable. I mean, it truly is. And so uh, we got to understand the situation with personnel. We got to have a little bit of football intelligence ourselves as fans and understand that um, the depth is a huge, huge concern. There's several guys that did not play that maybe could have played, but there was no reason for them to play because the next four games for Tennessee are bigger than the South Carolina game. The competition is going to be stiffer uh, against these next four opponents than it was against South Carolina. So um, Theo Jackson didn't play. Maybe could have played, but he didn't. Uh, Danico Slaughter did not play. Cooper Mays did not play. Jabari Small did not play. And, you know, you had Tyon Evans. Say that again. Elijah Simmons, Jawan Mitchell. That's right. That's right. Jawan Mitchell did not play. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned Simmons. And there's a lot of guys that got banged up in the course of that football game. It seemed like every time you turned around, there was someone on the ground getting medical attention. And if you're Josh Heupel, you got to be careful. I mean, you have to be very, very careful that you don't put guys in danger that's going to hurt your football team moving forward. I mean, we're, we're just halfway through the season. Season's not over with, even though we have surpassed our point total <laughs> in six games, um, you know, for the entire year 2020. But it's a long, long season. And so, yes, you're thinking short term, which is today, now, winning the game. But you're also thinking long term. And, and zero part of that second half was I bothered or upset or frustrated because I understood the deal. Of course you want to play perfect, but you just, you're not going to play perfect. Uh, you're not. And I think the last two games we've been a little spoiled of the offensive um, showing. I mean, it's been, it's been a fireworks show offensively. But for this team to spank, not just beat Ben, but to spank Missouri and South Carolina where the game was out of hand before the second quarter, <laughs> no one here expected that heading into the season. I mean, we were like, all right, man, that Mizzou game is a toss-up, Ben. That, that South Carolina game, that's just, you know, that's a toss-up. But and we beat those guys and didn't leave any doubt at all. So 
that second half, man, I, you know, I don't want to harp on it right now, the beginning of part of the se- uh, of the show, but I, I just I just felt like I needed to at least give you my overall opinions on on the second half uh, because it was mentioned. But man, another spectacular performance for Hendon Hooker. Mm-hmm. He now moves uh, top of the SEC as far as quarterback um, rating. Uh, another touchdown for Javante Payton early in the game. He's like, all right, I'm going to score my touchdown. Y'all can have it for the rest of the game. I got mine. Y'all got it. Y'all go ahead and get y'all's in, too. A, another spectacular long run by Tyon Evans. Defense playing with, with their hair on fire. Uh, ben, what we got? Ten tackles for loss and four sacks. Ben, I man, get on in here, Ben. Get in, get in here, Ben. <laughs> Get in here, Ben. How about that, man? Ten tackles for loss, four sacks for Tennessee defense. Very impressive. And what was the most impressive part about those four sacks, Swain, is that they did it with really three and and four-man rushes. I mean, Tim Banks didn't dial up a a ton of blitzes. He dialed up a a couple of blitzes at the right time. Jeremy Banks got in the backfield two or three times and delivered some clean hits. Uh, on Luke Doty, but that was the most most of them. Well, the his one personal foul was a face mask, so that that's not a. German Banks hit the quarterback late. Got a personal foul. Was that? I thought it was a face yeah. mask. Nah, it was. It was. It was a late hit. It was a late hit. It was, and it was late. I'm I mean, tired. I'm cool. Me. Yeah, I'm cool. I mean, it was. Oh uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's you're. I'm I'm slowly remembering remembering it because I made the comment to Mike Wilson in the press box that hey, it was a clean hit. It was just like two three steps late. <laughs> just you, you got to pull up in in that situation. So you're right. Uh, forgive me. I, I'm tired. I forgot about it. But um, even aside from that, Banks did a good job of getting home to the quarterback on a couple of other different occasions. And that's what stood out to me is that Tennessee was able to get pressure with with really three, four guys, sometimes a fifth guy like a Banks coming on a blitz or even an Aaron Beasley uh, coming in on on a blitz. And, and speaking of Beasley, down there, I, I know Kevin Harris ended up scoring a touchdown right there at the beginning of the fourth quarter. But if you go back and, and you look at that South Carolina possession that started at the end of the third quarter and bled over into the fourth quarter, when South Carolina got around the goal line, and Tennessee was able to to force fourth and goal from the two, I believe it was, on first and third down, Aaron Beasley shot out of a cannon and, and came in and just just absolutely exploded on, on Kevin Harris and, and blew him up. I, I thought that was really, really great to see. I think Aaron Beasley, I, I've said it a couple weeks now in a row, but each week he continues to get better, and he's been very impressive. And, and I've, I've really reached a point where I, I truly enjoy watching – Aaron Beasley play football. Not that I ever didn't enjoy him watching watching him play football. We just never saw him, so I didn't really know what to expect. So uh, I I thought Tennessee's defense did a did a great job on Saturday for the most part. Uh, they really have the mantra of of being able to or willing to stick their head in the fan and not care about it. I, I stole that phrase from Juwan Mitchell back when he committed to Tennessee to transfer from Texas. I, I asked him what he was bringing to the table, and he, he said uh, a guy that was willing to stick his head in the fan and, and not think twice about it. And I, I've stolen that phrase, that saying, and I, I think this defense 
does that same thing, emulates that. <laughs> They're not afraid to stick their head in the fan, and it shows by how many tackles for a loss they are creating. I don't, I don't have the exact stat in front of me, but I believe they lead the SEC in tackles for loss, and it's no small sample size. I mean, this is becoming a thing. Yeah, this team, the defense is playing fast. Um, they are not thinking, causing their 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 mind to top their feet. They're playing fast. German Banks, you know, I just I just watch him on defense, and the intensity is there, the toughness is there, and he just needs to dial it back. I mean, a smidgen. I mean, like a small, small bit, because I love the edge they plays with. You know, you don't want that 15-yard penalty to come at the wrong time on a third down. Uh, you, you get a stop and, you you know, allow the offense to extend the drive and they go put up points. So I'm just saying, just a small smidgen, you, t- you tone it down. But I like the way he was slapping guys' hands up off of him, you know, pushing the def- pushing the offensive line, uh, hands off of him after the play, uh, just really being an intimidator. I, I, like, I like that from Jeremy Banks. You just have to make sure that it doesn't cost you. Um, but our defense, man, how about – Brandon Turnage, and we'll hear from Brandon Turnage because I got a chance to talk to him last night. I got a cool story. I got a very cool story. I'm not going to waste any time. I'm going to share it with you right now, Ben. I'm going to share it with you right now. Please do. What time is it? 7-16. 7-16. I'm, I'm going to add real quick that uh, Tennessee's tackle for a loss, second in the country with 52, first in the SEC. Wow, let me write that down. Second on, gotta... in the country with 52 tackles for a loss in six games. That's, that's 8.67 tackles for a loss on average per game. Only Troy has, has more with 59, but Tennessee first in the SEC, second in the country. That's incredible. Write that down. I got to take notes on that one, man. Write that down. Hold on, let me, let me, let me, I'm going to tell the story on Brandon Turnish, man, right quick. I just want to make sure that we got, that they, that we got everybody on with us. Make sure, make sure everybody on with us. I don't hear anything about, oh, I missed the story. Can you tell it again? I'm telling it one time. I'm telling it one time. If you missed it, you got to go back and check out uh, the, the podcast. I'm going to tell the story one time. One time. Just make sure everybody here with us. Make sure. I got Volstorm. Make sure Volstorm with us. Got a chance to chop it up with him before the game. I just, I just want to make sure. Brian Hunsucker, you with us? I got a chance to meet Brian Hunsucker. Before the game, right there at the Vault Network pregame, uh, Big Orange Countdown show. I got a chance to meet Middle Tennessee Rick Ben. Mm-hmm. So did I. Make sure you, huh? So did I. Yeah, just want to make sure you with this, Rick. How saw about our, Kentucky saw, Vol? Saw our guy Tremel. Yeah, yeah, saw Tremel. Got a chance to meet uh, Kentucky Vol. Got make sure Kentucky Vol, you with us this this morning. So yesterday, we we do the show, the locker room on my VLT. And okay, Vol Nation. He said he he said he with us. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Just want to make sure. So we we do the show the locker room last night. My VLT. And if you have watched any part of uh, the show this season, you know that we do a segment called Players Perspective. It's when I sit down with a current player and we talk about you know the game or just whatever, just just a one on one conversation. And if you have followed this football team this year, you have seen. Tyon Evans and Brandon Turnage with their with their babies after the game. Really, really cool sight. Well, Brandon brought his baby with him to the show. 
And it took me back to when I was, a, a, you know, 23 years old, and I was fresh out of school. And, you know, my daughter was born uh, in 08. My last year playing football was 07. And I remember going back to school, and my wife was working. And, I like, I, there was no babysitter because we didn't have, like, mom and grandma, and, you know, folks here to, to watch my kids. So she would just go to class with me. I had a... Uh, uh, I guess like a little shoulder harness thing for for my kid, and so like I would just pull her in my little shoulder harness and take her to class, and she would just sleep, and really no one knew she was there. But like it took me back to those to those days, and you know Brandon's beautiful daughter, she was a little sleepy, she was a little irritated, she was she was hungry. And she was crying, and we were, you know, we were a little nervous about, you know, if she was if she was going to be able to allow Brandon to to do the segment, uh, because she was crying so much. Well, my wife and my younger two kids are in town, so we're just me and my oldest this week. We went to the game. It was a great, great, you know, weekend. We went to the game. We hung out. Um, so she went with us. She went with me to the studio yesterday. I got a chance to see how it works because normally. She's getting ready for school the next day, so she's not going to be up late at night. Well, it's fall break here, so she went to the studio with me. Well, we all nervous. Brandon's nervous. I'm nervous. Everybody's nervous because baby is not having it. She is crying up a storm, and Brandon's trying to get her to, come on, baby, come on, baby. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Come on. She, he walking with her. He rocking her, and she crying, and... My daughter didn't sign up to be a babysitter <laughs> on this on this on this trip. This is the first trip being in a TV station at VLT watching Daddy work, and so we like here we you know, just just take her. She's gonna cry, but just take her to the other side of the studio, and um, you know we'll hurry up and do this do this segment with Brandon, and I'll we'll let you listen to the audio with Brandon and myself here here in a minute. So we do we do the segment Ben, and we don't hear the baby at all. So we assume that my daughter, Ariana, took the baby on the other side of the TV uh, station. Other side. Because we didn't hear the baby at all. What really happened is the moment that Brandon gave the baby to my daughter, Ariana, and she started walking with her, she stopped crying. (laughs) She just stopped crying. She was literally right outside the door. And we could hear Brandon, like, I mean, trying to get the baby to stop crying the whole entire time right before Brandon's segment. But the moment Brandon gave his daughter to my daughter, and my daughter is walking with her, rocking her, she doesn't cry one bit, Ben. Not one bit at all. <laughs> and uh, it was just really, really, really cool um, to see Brandon be a father in that element, come in, his smile is infectious, his energy is infectious, you will love, you know, my sit-down interview with him. It's shorter than, than our other ones because, you know, again, he had his new, he had his nine-month-old baby with him, and we were trying to get him in, get him out. And so the the NIL just hits a little bit different, knowing that we're able to put a little money in Brandon's pocket. He played a great game. He is a young father. He transferred from another SEC school. He's had to wait. His turn, 
He's watched Theo, and he finds out on Friday that he's going to be the starter. Friday. Finds out Friday. And you wouldn't know it, Ben. I mean, he leads the team in tackles, 14 tackles, two tackles for loss. I mean, he's making plays all over the place. And so I want to get to the phones right quick because we believe in caller pace. Uh, we've got two phone calls, and then we'll take a break, and then when we come back, We'll play the audio from my interview with Brandon Turnish last night. Um, it was it's, it's really, really cool. So uh, I had to share their story about Turnage, <laughs> Turnage's daughter and my daughter. Just having a moment, man. For about five minutes, they were best buds. Let's get to Butch Dooley, who's on the Irish Networks hotline. 90 days, no payment for business internet, irishnetworksusa.com. Butch Dooley, good morning. What's going on, guys? What's up? What's up? Victory Monday. Victory That's right. Monday. Oh, uh, that that's all. All the really cool stories you just told. Uh, I'm want to listen to that interview. I'm sure, it's really good. He, he had a really good game Saturday. I give him all the credit in the world because I don't. I don't know how. I can't even imagine how hard it is to balance. You know, being a dad and going to school and playing football. That, that's a lot. For sure. Um, but no, we played good. We played good that first half. As good as you could ask for. Second half, I think that's one. I think we played a little bit conservative, and you know, it's it's hard not to play conservative when you're beating your SEC opponent that bad. But uh, but no, we look good. Defense looked good. We got pressure on their quarterback, like Ben was saying, with you know a lot of the times the three man rushes. Um, injuries. You know, hopefully everybody's okay. I know Tyon Evans got his ankle rolled up pretty good that play, hopefully. He, he could have come back in. Yeah, he that's came. right, that's right. Yeah. yeah, and he walked off the field, you know, under his own power. Look, didn't look too bad. So probably a little sore, but he had a really good game. i tell you what, though, whenever he breaks one open, that, that dude's fast. I don't know what his 40 time is. But, I mean, he's, he's a fast. He's pretty fast. But... <laughs> No, we look good. We look good, and hopefully we keep it up. And I know we got a tough schedule coming up. This team. So I want the thing I was gonna say is uh, during that time I got to looking at South Carolina Twitter, and you know they they throw like Beamer ain't got his guys yet. You know he, he can't. You know we don't have what we that, that his, what he runs, and I'm like he has over thirty transfers. You know <laughs> I don't. I'm not, you know, I, I see what they're saying. On, he ain't got his guys in yet, but neither do we. And we're year one, too. You know, the man handling, man handling, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, I was on. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no that's, that's it. That's it. But I, we, we look good. No, we we did, man. We, we, we played with a purpose, and we were prepared. And, again, Josh Hype was showing why he is the best play caller in the SEC. And this weekend, it's going to be a battle of two great play callers between Lane Kiffin and Josh Heupel. But, I mean, Heupel right now is dialing them up each and every week, finding little wrinkles, finding uh, the weaknesses in, in each defense, and, um, you know, adding adding a little flavor to the playbook that he already has established. So um, just another great performance by the offense, another great performance by the defense. Guys were ready to play. Guys were fired up. Uh, guys were playing with purpose. And, um you know, Tyon Evans, he could have went back in, but why? I mean, <laughs> you're up by a ton of points. I'll tell you one thing that, that concerned me, Ben, and um, we'll, we'll go to the phones. 
and then we'll get back to it. But that is the amount of rushes for Henry Hooker. Man, I was sitting on pins and needles because he had 20 rushes, and I was like, um, "We we don't need him to run the football as much. Let's not let's not get my man hurt. Yeah. We need him for the rest of the season, particularly in the second half. Th- those are the carries yeah. that I I was not a fan of. Yeah, yeah, but hey, uh, we got out of there uh, without any major injuries, especially to the most important position on the football field, which is which is quarterback. So uh, let's keep it going, and let's get to Hunter, who's calling from Memphis. Memphis, stand morning, up. Guys. Hunter, good morning. Hey, how are you? Great, how are you? Doing good. I know you touched on the, the second half this morning, but uh, being at the game, watching it, and talking to the people I was with there, it almost felt like the second half of this game was treated like a scrimmage. I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and look, but I felt like we were taking longer, snapping the ball, just burning through some clock, just trying mm-hmm. to get out of the game. It's like Heifel came out of the gate scoring as fast as he could in the first half just to get up as as much as he could just to cruise through the second half. I mean, we were already short man and just stay healthy for next week or this next week here. I mean, that's, that's what he did in the second half. I mean, you, you... – you didn't have to. I mean, you didn't have to snap the football quick, fast, in a hurry. Uh, well, you know, the, the point of our offense is to con- to control the game and make the defense have to adjust to you. And we can snap the football anytime we want to. The defense had to sit there and be ready. <laughs> I mean, for 20 seconds, we could have snapped the ball at any time and catch the defense off guard. But, you know, we didn't have to. And you're up by a ton of points. You have all these injuries. Why would you – why would you continue to throw the football if you don't have to? Um, yeah, so, the, the, I, yeah, I don't have a problem a lot with more conservative. Yeah, I mean, in the second half, w- would we do the same thing? I, I mean, uh, I would do the oh, same yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. definitely would have done the same thing too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The Get out th- of there, no injuries. The only thing I would add is, yes, Tennessee was conservative, and yes, they they allowed the play clock to run down. Uh, more than they typically would before they snapped the ball, and I'm all for that. But Tennessee did have execution problems and communication problems. There's a couple times in those series throughout the third quarter and and sometimes in the fourth quarter where Hendon Hooker kind of looks to the sideline after a a failed play and kind of holds up his hands as as if, uh, hey, something – I, I don't understand that. Uh, something along those lines where, where it, it just looked like there was a missed call or or, or the, the play was reeled in incorrectly or, or somebody didn't do something right. So so there was an execution problem. And, and with the offensive front, Tennessee did a really good job of picking up seven-man rushes, seven-man blitzes, however you want to describe it, from Carolina for most of the first half until that final drive of the first half where Carolina was able to get some sacks on Hendon Hooker, and that carried over into the second half as as well. Carolina really used that last drive of the first half to to model what they were going to do in the second half, and and they continued to bring more and more and more guys. And Tennessee did not do a good job of of picking up those blitzes in the second half. So I, I thought that was a big difference from the first and, and second half as as well as that Tennessee did not execute uh, blitz pickups the way that it did for the majority of the first half, whether it be a, a running back missing his assignment or not having his eyes in the right place, whether it be 
uh, a guy on the left side of the line just not winning his one-on-one or a guy on the right side not winning his one-on-one or, or Carolina bringing more guys than Tennessee can block. So, yes, Tennessee did take its foot off the gas, but I, I thought that there was an execution uh, problem as well in the second half along with maybe some communication issues. Yeah, fair, totally fair, man, and, and accurate mm-hmm. as well. I mean, you gave up six sacks. You don't want that to happen, and that's something that will be addressed, and you want to improve on that for next game. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and crush these boys for, you know, how they, how they played in the second half. But I'm also not going to sit here and praise them either. I just understand the depth issues we all do, the injuries in the course of the game. Uh, you just try to get out of there healthy with the big win. And, you know, they did that. But you certainly want to not allow your quarterback to be hit as many times as he, as he was. Um, and then uh, you definitely don't want to be falling asleep on punt safe either. So, you know, Mike Eckler has something else on special teams, even in a big-time win, that – that is glaring that he needs to work on and fix. I mean, Mizzou gave up a kickoff return. And then this, this game on Saturday, we gave up a touchdown on punt safe because we fell asleep. So um, there are certainly things you, that, you, that you work on every single game. But as long as you're winning, that's the, that's the purpose and you are improving. Winning and improving, um, that's what you want. And so I think Tennessee did that this week. And they'll have to improve health-wise and clean up some things that you just mentioned, Ben. So you're right. Hunter, you still there? I'm still here. I appreciate y'all taking my call this morning. Hey, thank you, man. Anything else? All right, all got right. To, uh, got to meet Hunter before the game on Saturday. Very oh, you met Hunter? I didn't meet Hunter. Very nice guy. Well, you were up about to do the show. He he walked up as kind of you had sat down to, to do the show. So? I want to meet Hunter. <laughs> I didn't get to meet Hunter, man. I'm jealous, man. He was, he was, he was very nice. But those those – Failed blitz pickups in the in the second half were so frustrating, Swain, because there were two early on in in the first half where Tennessee executed flawlessly, where Carolina brought seven, and Tyon Evans stepped up and cracked some somebody cracked a, a blitzer, uh, whoever the tight end was in at, at that time, whether it be Jacob Warren or, or Princeton Fant, they they did their job. All five offensive linemen did did their job. Hendon Hooker did a, a great job of, of recognizing that Carolina was bringing a ton of guys and, and getting the ball out quickly and, and being decisive uh, on, on his touchdown to Valus Jones, where uh, Valus made a guy miss. And uh, I, I believe it was Princeton Fant did a great job of, of blocking down the field to kind of help spring Valus for the touchdown. But on that Valus touchdown, uh, Carolina brought six and Tennessee did a great job of, of picking up the, the blitz, and uh, especially Tyon Evans. And, again, Hooker did a great job of, of recognizing it. And I believe Valus was running just kind of a, a simple route out in the flat, and um, Hooker dumped it off to him real quick. Valus got upfield, did his thing, made a guy miss. Princeton Fant putting in a ton of great effort to block downfield for Valus and, and help him get into the end zone. So it, it was it was great to see that I was I was feeling good about Tennessee picking up some blitzes when I was rewatching the game early on and then that that last drive of of the first half Carolina brought a, a bunch of guys and were able to get home and and create some havoc and part of the reason why Tennessee had to settle for a field goal right before the half and and that trend continued into the second half so uh, some some good and some bad there. 
they'll, 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 they'll address that in the meetings, and we want to fix that uh, for sure. Ain't no doubt about that. They'll use that that film to go get better, and there's a lot of lot, lot of film to uh, look at as reference for sure. So uh, we'll take a break here. I'm live at Betty Chevrolet Parkside Drive. BettyChevrolet.com, home of the warranty for life on most of their new and used vehicles. 865-255-03. When we come back, we'll hear from Brandon Turnage, my interview. Sit down with him last night's episode of The Locker Room on my VLT. Stay with us. Swain Event. Be right back. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill. Or call 865-693-5400. Hi there, Swain Event family. Are you in the market to purchase a home and a bit freaked out with the market right now? As someone who's been in your spot before, I'm familiar with what's going through your brain. And as a realtor, I've mastered the ins and outs of the buying process. When you work with me, you'll benefit from my experience, and together we'll work toward making sound, smart decisions for your future. And of course, talk a little Vol Sports along the way. Just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. 
Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done, and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865 382 7007 42nd Street Brand Strategy Design When I made the move to my own studio I was worried about this I was worried about that I was worried about Hey, did I get this piece of equipment? Did I get that piece of equipment? Does that sound good? Does that not sound good? One thing I didn't have to worry about That was office furniture Because office furniture outfitters Met my furniture needs With a 50,000 square foot facility, they have East Tennessee's largest selection and are the best value for new and used office furniture. Located in Knoxville, it's easy to find everything you need for your new space, including desks, file cabinets, chairs, conference tables, and more. Office Furniture Outfitters is turnkey. They came to my place, we mapped everything out that was needed, they delivered, and get this, set everything up. To learn more about what Office Furniture Outfitters can do for you, log on to OFONOX.com. That's OFONOX.com. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Well, Brandon, uh, you know, you transferred in from another SEC school. Uh, we won't mention that name, but tell us, tell us, like, what did you learn? You know, what did you learn from that experience, and how did it help you uh, be able to get your number called and then go in, in, go in the game and perform the way you did yesterday? Um, really well. I th- We all good. We all good over there. No, it's not. Oh, it's cutting in, and 
in and out. Something my computer's acting funky, so okay, we'll give, come back to give it. Give me a minute, and we'll come back to it. Yeah, we come back to it. No problem, man. No problem. Eight six five two hundred fifty five oh three. Uh, we'll come back to it. It's no problems at all, my friend. Uh, you just give me the the thumbs up, and then uh, we'll we'll go back to it. But uh, let's hit up the the text box right quick. And uh, it's just it was good to see Tremel, man. Tremel, you know, we hope Tremel have a speedy recovery. Tore the Achilles. Was on crutches, but he gave 63 effort and <laughs> still came over to uh, the Vol Network uh, set to say what's up. So I, I appreciate I appreciate Tremel for still coming over and you too, man, coming over and 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 you know saying what's up, seeing all seeing all of our listeners and and big orange family members. That was really cool. So. Uh, let's see here on the text box. Court of all says, I'm here. Don't be forgetting me. Oh, I don't forget you. Uh, Franklin, uh, the simple, man. Simple. You can call us by going to the app and hitting uh, hitting that phone icon there. And it, cur- it connects you right to right to us. Really, really, really simple. Or the telephone number is 865-255-03. You don't give us a call as, as well. Um, Andy Mizuno, golfer, says wasn't Peru is supposed to be a defensive guru. Yeah, I mean, he is a defensive guru. But being a defensive guru while being the head coach is tough to do. Like, you know, I, I think I do a pretty good job doing the show. But if I'm doing the show and, and having to do Ben's job on my, top of my job, it's hard to do. And the show is not going to be as good and I'm going to be distracted. And so Peru has just tried to wear too many hats, I think, you, you put Pruitt back into a defensive coordinator role, I think he would be a great defensive coordinator. But he just wasn't a good defensive guru while trying to be a head coach. Um, some guys can do it, some guys can't, and he can't. But he's still a good defensive mind. Um, we good to go, Ben? I think so. All right, let's rock it. Let's, let's, let's give it a try. Let's rock it. Let's rock it. Brandon, uh, you know, you transferred in from another SEC school. Uh, we won't mention that name, but tell us, tell us, like, what did you learn? You know, what did you learn from that experience, and how did it help you uh, be able to get your number called and then go in and go in the game and perform the way you did yesterday? Um, really well. I feel like that experience prepared me for everything, like from now, and I can, like from then, like that experience. It, it taught me a lot, like really just practicing against some of the best, like. Some of the best, each practice was like a game. And like yesterday, like as I took the field, like it was just no different than practice. Mm-hmm. Like my old practices and now practices here with these good receivers here. So it was like, it all just, it all just helped me. And it all just helped me out. Yeah. What, what was uh, the atmosphere like for you guys, for you uh, playing in front of the Nealon Stadium uh, with the dark mode jerseys? <laughs> Uh, I know you guys were pretty juiced up about that game. Oh, yeah, we were really juiced up about that game, the jerseys. Like, everybody was trying to check out their drip, you know yep. what I'm saying? Everybody getting in the mirror before the game, trying to see how they look, trying to make the colors coordinate yeah. myself as well. You got but to. That, that, was, that was like the atmosphere, the fans, they were loud. They came to show out, and so do we. <laughs> Any butterflies at the beginning? And if you, if you did, at what point during the game did, did they all go away? Honestly, I, I really didn't have any butterflies. Like, I've sat down so long. You know, and like, 
it was my time. They called my name, and I was really ready to go showcase my skills and, and do everything that I practiced and prepared myself for. For sure. Um, what, did you, what have you learned from Theo this past football season, during the season? You know, he didn't go yesterday, but uh, you went in and, you know, had a, a team high 14 tackles, had two tackles for loss. You were everywhere. Uh, what have you learned from Theo this season that you think allowed you to be ready yesterday? I've learned a lot from Theo, like from corner to star to like just anything, like from all the fronts that we have. Like he really teaches me like everything that I need to know in practice. Sometimes he stands behind the defense after he's gotten his reps to make sure that I'm aligning right because I know what to do, but he's making sure my alignment is perfect. He's just doing all the little things that a leader is supposed to do, and I really like that about Theo. Like he's a natural-born leader. It's hard to have a perfect game, man. You can have a really, really good game, but there's always something that you can point out to get better. So tell, tell us, uh, what, what, what play or, you know, what's the, the thing that you're most proud about yesterday's game? And tell us one thing that, you know, you looked at, you said, hey, I got to get better in that area. Um, well, I really feel like I had an alright game, a decent mm -hmm. game. But one thing I want to work on myself is, like, getting off blocks of linemen. You know, because they kind of got me a couple times or whatever, but I just need to work on that, and I feel like I can prepare myself better in that, from that aspect. What's next, man? What's next for you? I mean, big-time uh, debut as a Tennessee Vol, you know, again, 14 tackles, two tackles for loss, but what, what's the next step for Brandon Turnage? The next step is whenever my name is called, go out there and try to do the same thing. This week is a little different, man. You're from Oxford, Mississippi. Is there? Playing against Ole Miss. Uh, what's that going to be like playing against you? The, the Ole Miss Rebels Man, it's gonna, from uh, Oxford. I love playing against Ole Miss. Like, all, like, my brothers. Like, I look at those guys as my brothers. Like, I, I have a lot of homeboys on the team. I have cousins on the team. I have cousins that's played there. Like, I love playing against them. It's like, it's like backyard football. All of us grew up together around the same area. And it's always just fun to play against those guys. For sure. Can't wait to see number 29 on the field uh, this week against Ole Miss, for sure. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, man. Uh, beautiful soul, man. He got a smile that will light up a room, and he he understands how to practice. He understands how to practice. Coming over from Alabama, he was a he was an Under Armour All American, Ben, uh, coming out of Oxford, Mississippi. So he was ready to go when his number was called. I mean, two guys go down, and he slides over. Hasn't really. Worked a ton at the star position, but he goes in. It looks like he, he's played it all of his life. So, obviously, there's things that he wants to improve on and get better at. But, man, just a good performance by him in his first first game as a Tennessee Vol getting significant snaps. So, uh, looking forward to seeing kind of what happens with him as Danico Slaughter gets healthy and Theo Jackson gets healthy. You know, Willie Martinez is big on trust. And I think what Brandon Turner did on Saturday is show – uh, Coach Martinez, that uh, he can be trusted. So we may see him in some different areas. may not be just star. We may see him playing some corner, um, playing in other areas on the football field. But that's really great for the depth, knowing that there's an extra guy now that you can trust in the back end. Yeah, and I thought he was a great example of what you said earlier about Jeremy Banks and, and some other guys of the mind not tying up the feet. He He just kind of read and reacted. And I, I thought Tim Banks did a great job of, of dialing up some some blitzes for Brandon Turnage and Turnage did a did a great job of of executing those those blitzes by by kind of disguising that he was coming on a blitz and 
and doing a great job of timing his blitz and, and getting into the backfield and affecting the quarterback there. There was one where Banks brought him on a blitz from the field side, and it was on a run play, and Turnage just timed it absolutely perfectly and blew up the running back in, in the backfield. I, I thought he played great. I was I was pleasantly surprised by his performance. I, I just didn't know what to expect, really. And I think Theo Jackson, he he went he did not go through individual warm-ups. He was in sweatpants and, and just the jersey while guys were doing their individual workout. But when the team came back came back out for workouts and, and or warm ups and, and for their, you know, position group warm ups, Theo Jackson was back out there and he was actually running around quite well. Whereas Danico Slaughter tried to go through warm-ups and he was practically on one leg. It was much different for Theo. Theo looked like a guy that was going to play and was dressed out on the sideline. And, and I think that he was dressed out and on the sideline and went through warm-ups in case Brandon Turnage just could not, could not cut it. And boy, did Turnage cut it. He, 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 he lived up to the billing. And, and you see a lot of potential in him and uh, another exciting piece on – uh, this this young defense. It, it's kind of weird when you think about it. Tennessee has like a nice blend of, of veterans, but also uh, a nice mix of young guys that are that are super promising. Yeah, he did his thing, man. He did his thing. So happy, happy for him. Uh, now I think if you're Willie Martinez, you can you can trust him. You can trust him to go in and play different positions. Um, it, you know, if you if you need him to, and if you have some guys that that's banged up. You can you can trust him to let the starters or someone that's ahead of him to to rest. So uh, it was it was good, man. It was just good to see him go out there and make plays, have fun, and uh, it just it just means something a little different when you have uh, a nine month old kid, man. Your purpose is different, your focus is different, and I'm just just glad that he's playing uh, right now at a high level. And he said, "Listen, I gotta I gotta get better in some areas. You know, you want to be able to get off blocks, and you know, he's not a big guy at all." So, you know, being able to get off blocks with offensive linemen, that's not easy to do. So, uh, it goes to show you that there's always room for improvement, and that's something that he wants wants to do. So, uh, good stuff by him, and thank you for getting that getting that play for us. Let's get to the phone and get to David and Ackworth. Let's do it. Dave, good morning. Yo, guys, how y'all doing today? Man, good. How are you doing, sir? Hey, it's a wonderful day, man. I tell you. Um, hey, a couple of things I'm going to say. I, I tell you what, that third quarter, I, I was extremely frustrated watching it. But, boy, the moment that game ended, I took a very different perspective of that game. And I think I told my son, I said, you know what I think bothered me about that third quarter? Uh, that third quarter was literally a, re- a reliving of the 2020 season is what mm-hmm. that was. That's what that, that's what that offense looked like. Now, in the, in the moment, that, that's, you know, I was just, I was very frustrated. The, um, uh, but really at the end of the day, what really, the only thing that really upset me was the, was the fake punt for the touchdown. That was, that, that is, I, I'm sitting here watching that going, we shouldn't even have anybody back on that punt. I mean, they're on our side of the field. You've got to expect it. He was playing very aggressively. There was no way he was going to punt that football. And so I was, I was really surprised we weren't prepared for that. And so, and, and that gives me a little bit of a red flag about special teams because it's two weeks in a row where we, we've we've had breakdowns. And uh, um, I'm hoping our coach isn't just a crazy guy. I'm hoping he's also a good coach and uh, uh, on the special team side. But I tell you the thing that 
you know, but in retrospect, I looked back and I thought, you know, well, first off, and I know uh, Hooker came out and said that, you know, they kind of took the foot off the gas. Um, they probably suffered a little bit from the Missouri game from the standpoint that Missouri quit. Missouri just – Missouri quit. They, they didn't even – I mean, they were going through the motions in the, in, in the whole game, really, but they went through the motions in the second half as well. You know, give South Carolina credit. South Carolina came out in the second half and played really hard. Um, they played. They played to win the quarter, um, and 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 they played aggressively. And you know, we didn't really respond to that. And but but and, and I know I know uh, Hooker took some sacks. But here, here here's the other thing I'll say about that. And the two the two things that excite me the most about that game: two for thirty, and zero turnovers. Two penalties for thirty yards and zero turnovers. You, that was the only way South Carolina was going to going to make that game a game in the fourth quarter was us turning the football over. And I think that's why Hooker ate the ball a lot on some of those sacks. I don't think he wanted to put the ball in any sort of situation where they could have interceptions. We all know what that team was coming in. They were a team that took advantage of turnovers. And and because their offense isn't that good. So so the only thing we could have done wrong in that second half is turn the ball over. We didn't do it. And I, from that perspective – I really think our quarterback has a really good understanding of the big picture of the game and not just out there trying to pad stats and 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 throw the ball all over the place and put the team put the put the victory at risk. What do you guys think about that? I think you're spot on. I, I think you are you are spot on and, and definitely uh, appreciate the phone call, David. Hope uh, you had a great weekend. Hope you have uh, a great week. Swain is is dealing with a, a couple of technical difficulties, and and we'll get back to him in, in just a minute after we take a break. But but I do agree. I, I do agree. I, I think uh, Tennessee's coaching staff is is doing a great job of of putting its players in a position to succeed, and looks quite different than than last season. I don't think Jeremy Pruitt, as great of a football mind as he is, did a great job of of putting guys in positions to win and positions to exceed. I mean, you've got guys like Derek Ansley helping you lead your defense. Derek Ansley now with the Chargers, defensive backs coach for the Charger. He obviously knows what he's doing, yet Tennessee's defense did not know what it was doing last year. So I definitely agree, David. But we will take a break. Swain is, is dealing with some technical difficulties. We'll get those sorted out during the break. Hour two is right around the corner. You're listening to the Swain event. 